Hello, guys. You are listening to Criminal Cafe. My name is Abby. Usually I have my wonderful friend Grace with me, but today it is just me. I'm doing my first solo episode, so be easy on me, guys. All right, so we are starting off the month of October with a spooky story, one that a lot of people do know, and that is so intriguing to most crime junkies out there or to the everyday person. It's an older case, so don't lose interest. Usually when I hear older cases, I'm like, no, I don't care about the 1706 murder of whoever the heck his name is. But it's fine. Today, we are talking about Lizzie Borden. So if you do not know who Lizzie Borden is, sit down Buckle up, because this case is crazy, it's full of scandal, murder within the family, and overall just a crazy verdict at the end. Alright, so, Lizzie Borden, if you don't know who she is, she is half crazy. (laughs) So, there's a whole entire rhyme about her. A lot of people know the rhyme more than, more than they know the actual case and the story about her. So we're going to start off with the rhyme just because it's pretty creepy and eerie. And I feel like just for the month of October and the beginning of spooky season, we need to introduce this podcast in a kind of eerie, spooky way. All right. So turn your lights off, light up your candles, grab your favorite blankets, and here we go. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. So we love a good nursery rhyme. (laughs) We love something that's going to put us to sleep real fast. However, this rhyme is not the case. The first time I heard this, it was, I think, a Crime Junkie episode. And they started off the episode with, like, a creepy, like, singing version of the rhyme. And it was, like, a little girl singing it. It was scary. So we're just going to leave it at that because I'm home alone by myself. And I don't feel like getting scared. Anyway. So. Lizzie Borden was born on July 19th, 1860. So yes, this is an older case. It's not even in the 1900s. Bitch, we're in the 1800s. 1800s. It's fine. I'm talking. You're going to listen. All right. So this case usually draws people in because of how brutal the murders are. You can even look up the pictures of the murder, which is just crazy. They are very graphic. However, they are in black and white, so you can't really see the colors of the blood. But we are all grown, so we we know what things look like, right? Um, So when you look at the pictures, they are a little graphic. We will be putting them up on our Instagram with the post about this. 
So if you want to go see the pictures or the picture of her, you can go ahead and look at our Instagram. It'll be up there right now. It'll be the latest post. So Miss Lizzie, Miss Lizzie already just looks scary. You know when you see those pictures of people from old times that are supposedly witches or just have crazy and they're in those high neck, thick, long sleeve jackets, jackets, correction symbol, dresses, that's what she's wearing and every picture you see of her, it's super creepy. I don't know if I'm the only one who gets like weird vibes from black and white pictures. I don't know. There's just something about it that gives me like an off feeling and definitely these pictures of Lizzie will give you those considering what people think she did, what I think she did, I thought the bitch was crazy. So, all right, like I said, Lizzie was born in July. She's a little summer baby, 1860. Okay, so fast forward like 32 years later, it's August 4th, okay? August 4th, 1892. All right. So the only people that were in the boarding house at the time were the maid and Lizzie, obviously her father and her stepmother. So her father's name was Andrew Borden. Her stepmother was unfortunately named Abby. Oh, what a great name. So, Abby and Andrew, we kind of love that, which sounds really cute together. Um, however, like most kids in relation with their step-parent, which this happens a lot of the times, they end up not getting along. All right, so supposedly Lizzie and Abby were just not the best of friends. They weren't over here braiding each other's, hairs, each other's hair. They weren't shopping together. They weren't out there picking apples. You know what I mean? Um, supposedly, there were times where the relationship was cordial. However, it was known to the family and to their friends that Lizzie was not the biggest fan of Abby. So that's just how she feels about her. Knowing this, that actually did persuade a lot of people within the case within the trial and even now to believe that she is the murderer or was um so do with that information what you will all right so it was around morning 11 a.m the maid was sleeping she was minding her own business just trying to do her job right she hears a little bell go off within the town to let people know that it is 11 a.m., like one of those hourly bells. Um, so around that time, their maid suddenly hears Lizzie let out a horrific scream, which if you were to see the bodies in the pictures, which you can find on our Instagram, I would be screaming too. But we'll find out. We'll find out. Okay, so she hears her screaming. She finds Lizzie with her father, who at this point 
is already deceased. He is completely unrecognizable due to the severity of the murder. He was, like the rhyme says, whacked with an axe. However, it was not, you know, 90, 800 times like it makes it out to be. Um, police and just autopsy results believe that he was whacked somewhere between 15 to 30 times, which is still a lot of times. If you think about it, that is literally swinging an axe over someone up to 30 times with your whole entire strength, which is definitely overkill. Um, if you're not familiar with overkill, it's what it sounds like. You're killing someone and you kind of overdo it, which is overdoing it. I don't want to seem like, you know, like there's like a normal style of killing and then there's like overdoing it. But this murder was definitely overdone. A hundred percent. So, yeah. Also, if you guys hear a lot of noise, me and Grant, my fiance, hey babe, just got a new dog. She's a Great Dane puppy. She's only 13, 14 weeks, and she is half crazy. So, if you hear rustling around, squeaking, barking, growling, acting crazy, it is Rhea. Shout out to that bitch. All right. So... Andrew Borden is found. He is murdered. He is completely unrecognizable, which is so sad. Um, if you didn't, if she didn't kill her father, which I believe she did, and she found him in this state, that would have been super traumatizing and devastating to find him like that. Um, if you see the pictures, he is unrecognizable, as if I knew what he looks like. But it's fine. Um, so, yeah. So, after Lizzie found her father and the maid found Lizzie finding her father, they called their neighbor over. I think her name was Adelaide Churchill. So, Adelaide comes over. She is comforting Lizzie. She's comforting the maid, obviously, because of how horrific the crime scene was. So, while Adelaide is comforting the two women, she's walking around the house making sure that everything's fine. Can we just talk about her? What a brave woman. If I were to find someone completely unrecognizable from getting hacked by an axe to death in a house, I would not be walking around that same house trying to find whoever, whatever it was, making sure everything was okay. I would be out of that house in 0.5 seconds calling the police. But these women, I guess it was just different in the 1800s. So Adelaide is walking around the house, making sure everything is fine when she comes upon another horrific scene. So Abby Borden is found roughly in the same state as Andrew. She's also completely unrecognizable. Again, overkill above and beyond um yeah so although Andrew was the first to be found within the house 
he was not the first to be murdered. Due to the autopsy results, it seems that Abby Borden, Lizzie's stepmother, was the first one to get murdered. A lot of people think that while Lizzie was in the process of murdering her stepmother, her father walked in and saw it and, you know, leave the rest to imagination. Um, it also ties in with the rhyme and gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done. She gave her father 41. So, whatever. Um, so why is Lizzie killing people? Why are you, I get it, you don't like your stepmom. A lot of people don't like their stepparents. That's like a whole generalization within our society. It's a whole entire thing played into TV shows, movies, etc. However, just because you don't like someone does not give you the right to kill them. Oh, I'm just giving a word of advice. If you don't like someone, please do not kill them. That's fine. You can not like all the people you don't. I don't like a ton of people. To be quite honest with you. But I'm not going to go murder them. You know? Um, so that's what makes a normal person different than a psychopath. Right? Okay. So. Lizzie supposedly murdered Andrew and Abby Borden. Her father and stepmother. Why? Why are people thinking this? Why are we assuming that their young daughter, who is supposedly a good girl, quote-unquote, is hacking her parents to death? Big question mark, right? Okay, so there are multiple reasons and evidence more circumstantial than, like, straight-up physical evidence so what surprised police a lot was the lack of blood around the crime scene. So obviously there's blood. These people were hacked to death with an axe. Hacked to death with an axe. That's going to be bloody. That's going to be gruesome. However, if you think about it, the killer would also be covered in blood. It would just be a messy situation. So the fact that there is no blood around the house where the killer would have gone back through is questionable. A lot of people think in terms of Lizzie being the killer that if she was, she murdered her parents completely naked, which is even more disturbing. <laughs> it's just an uncomfortable situation for everybody. That's just strange to me. Okay, so... Why Lizzie? Why her? She was the daughter that everyone loved. The family seemed to get along from the outside, but that's usually how it goes, right? Everyone thinks that the perfect family is perfect. However, there are things that people don't see within the house that can, you know, give you other ideas. Okay. So, supposedly the day before the murders occurred, Lizzie was seen at the store trying to buy poison, which is crazy. 
Was she going to poison her parents? Maybe. Was she going to put the poison on something else? I don't know. Lizzie, you tell me. Actually, you don't, girl. You stay right where you are. I don't want any part of you. <laughs> but, yeah, so she was seen trying to buy poison at the store, obviously by the clerk and by other people at the store. Uh, buying poison was not a common grocery pickup item. <laughs> you don't just go right down to Target and buy poison unless it's for bugs, right? We don't like bugs. Unless you do, then I don't know. Congrats. But, yeah, so obviously when someone is trying to buy something, that could kill someone that stands out to someone. So that is the first sign that Lizzie was up to no good. The major piece of whatever, witness conversation <laughs> was that... She was found the morning of the murders. So we're not sure when Andrew and Abby died. Obviously, it was sometime before 11. So sometime in the morning, right? Whoever killed her, <coughs> Lizzie. You know, she had time to find him. She had time to not be in the clothes that were probably covered in blood if she were to do it. And she was found that morning burning a blue dress that was supposedly covered in, quote-unquote, paint. Even further, quote-unquote, red paint. So, my girl Lizzie, honey, it was blood. So, <laughs> if you see your neighbor burning a piece of their clothing that is supposedly covered in red paint. Please call the police. Take a picture of it. Write it down. What time? All of the above. Because, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't, I don't burn clothes that are covered in paint. Obviously, I wasn't born in the 1800s either, so I don't know what they did. I don't know how they did life. But she was found burning her dress covered in paint which is suspicious, very questionable. So, obviously, these things were stated at the trial, and a lot of people were relying on these statements to prove that she was guilty. Um, her sister was put on the stand. Her neighbors were put on the stand. A lot of people were put on the stand um, that were close to them, and they wanted them to talk about the relationship between Lizzie and her stepmom. Like I said earlier on in the podcast, this was one of those pieces of information that they were hoping were going to bury her within the trial. However, it ended up not being the case, which is so crazy to me. So the trial opened on June 5th, 1893. She was so dramatic during the whole trial. Obviously, the crime photos were shown at the trial just to show the jury the severity of the murder and how brutal it was just to prove that Lizzie was like a psycho killer if it was her, 
um, you know, you hear about all these murders and you're like, oh, okay. And even with movies, I feel like that are bloody, you're like, oh, it's not that bad until like you actually see it and you're like, oh, shoot. I don't know if I'm just psycho and I have seen graphic images from crime scenes. I don't know if I'm the only one, but those are pictures that really do stay with you. They are real people. And I think that's what affects us the most when you know it's a real person. And I think that's why we're fine with watching murder movies and horror movies, people getting slashed, killed in these brutal ways until it's real life it's very scary and it's very traumatizing it's just one of those things that will stay with you in your mind that you'll think of at random times you're like oh shoot I don't want to think about this all right so like I said they brought out the crime scene photos at the trial obviously they're graphic the jury is horrified as well as Miss Lizzie Borden. So supposedly when they brought out the crime scene photos of her father and stepmom, Lizzie fainted and made the biggest deal out of it, even though she supposedly was the killer. She obviously did the killing, so she would have known what the scene looked like unless, you know, she was just putting on a big show or, you know, like, it might have all come over her that, like, she killed her father and her stepmom in this horrible way that is unbecoming, <laughs> I guess. Okay, so after days on the trial, um, the juror, the jury, the juror, the jury comes to a verdict of Miss Lizzie Borden not guilty, which is just crazy. Supposedly when, I'm also saying supposedly because this is such an old case, information can get blurry or misread throughout the times, but I am getting all of my information from FamousTrials.com. Because this is one of those trials that are so intriguing just because of the brutality of it, like I said earlier on. And because she's found not guilty. But to most of the people that know this story, she is the murderer. So when the jury came up with the verdict that she was not guilty, Lizzie supposedly let out this major cry and was so excited that she was not guilty. And she was quoted saying, now take me home. I want to go to the old place and go out once tonight. So Lizzie wants to go home. Do I feel like I would want to go home too? <laughs> but Considering the murders and the situation and what happened at her home, I personally would not want to go home. I would want to go elsewhere, get some rest. Definitely not the same house where I'm put on trial for murder and the murders happened. So, that's just my opinion. But the cool thing about this case is that there is so much information because I feel like with a lot of older cases, you can't really find accurate information. You can find 
small little news clippings that give very vague details, but this one is very detailed because it's just one of those cases that stay with you. Um, yes, there are women killers. I always think it's so funny that when people think killers, generally their mind automatically goes to a man. And however, the same was with this case because of the brutality of the murders, police thought originally that the murders were done by a tall man because of how hard the hits were of the axe. But I personally think that Miss Lizzie was just over here getting her anger out, <laughs> which is crazy and really sad. So that is the case. You can actually go to the Lizzie Borden house, which is so cool to me. Listen to my little laptop typing. It's ASMR. ASMR. All right. So you can go to the Lizzie Borden house. It's a bed and breakfast. It is also a museum, which is kind of scary. Um, it is located in Fall River, Massachusetts. I just realized I never even said where the murders took place. Massachusetts um, on 232nd Street so it is supposedly a haunted house I've seen tons of YouTube videos of people there I've listened to podcasts of people who went there and obviously it's an eerie feeling when you walk in to a house where a double murder happened especially one that was so overdone and so tragic um, you can see and go into the rooms where the murders happened. You can stay in Lizzie's old room. A lot of people do try to communicate with the spirits there. And that's why that house is available to a lot of people. You know, uh, macabre and morbid things are so interesting to people, including myself. So... If you're in the Massachusetts area or wanting to go on a trip, you should definitely check out the board house. That is somewhere where I want to go so bad. I really do want to go visit a bunch of haunted houses. I feel like that would be so fun, but also you would leave there feeling weird. You know, when you like come across a certain place or you know area where you just get like an eerie weird feeling I feel like that would be the same feeling that you would get walking into a house where double murder happened uh, me and Grant actually went to Boone maybe like a couple months ago maybe I don't know and Boone North Carolina by the way <laughs> it's the cutest little town if you've never been you should definitely go and visit but we ended up going to this antique shop and we love antiquing, but you got to be careful antiquing because some items hold, you know, some tragic events. Some items can be haunted, not just places. Items can also be haunted, which is just crazy and is shown in the Conjuring movies. If you haven't seen those, go watch them. But yeah, so we love antiquing. Um, we always go in antique shops and look at different, you know, house decor, just different things. 
I think antiquing is so fun and it's such a fun activity to do with your lover. It's so fun. But we went to one of the antique shops in Boone and they had a downstairs. When we went downstairs, me and him both got the most heaviest and eerie feeling and I feel like something terrible happened down there which I don't even know I'm not like into you know like the spiritual realm and I'm not that person that's into crystals or you know feeling energy but you could definitely feel that the energy downstairs was very heavy and it was very different atmosphere wise than the rest of the store so I feel like that's exactly how it feels to walk in the Borden house. If you've ever been to the Borden house or passed it, please reach out to me and let me know. I feel like that would be so cool. I've always wanted to go to a place where a murder happened and just see it. I feel like seeing it in person is way different than just seeing pictures of it, um, which is like with anything else. So yeah, that is the Lizzie Borden case. A lot of heartbreak, a lot of blood, and a verdict that should not have been. I believe she was totally guilty. She had a lot of reason to not like her stepmom. No one else was in the house. She did it. In my opinion, she did it. Will we ever fully know who did it? Probably not. But... If you're big in cases, if you're big in a crime, she did it. <laughs> so, yeah. The Borden case, Lizzie's not guilty, but she is. Scary rhymes. Fall River, Massachusetts. All right. So, that is the first kind of haunted, spooky case to start off October with. Me and Grace will be coming at you guys next week next week with a new and different haunted, spooky case or story. So if you guys like the haunted, if you like the spooky, if you like the scary, sorry, let us know. And we will continue to do them. I love doing them, listening to haunted stories and spooky stories. Like my favorite things ever. Horror movies are my favorite things. Love it. So we're super excited for the month of October. I'm so excited for a spooky season. I hope you guys are. I'm ready to put on a Halloween costume, eat too many Kit Kats, and watch the new Halloween. I don't know about you guys, but I totally am ready. I really want to get our dogs Halloween costumes, even if it's like like one thing like a collar that's like Halloween themed I want to do it I think that would be so cute let me know if you're dressing up let me know what your Halloween plans are for trick-or-treating me and Grant want to go trick-or-treating don't come for us it's fun who doesn't like free candy I mean come on so yeah that is the case and the episode for this week Thank you so much for listening. I hope just listening to me wasn't the most boring thing in the entire world. And you really enjoyed the Lizzie Borden case. This is one of my favorite cases ever just because of the creepiness of it. And the, it's still up for grabs what the verdict is. But 
Personally, I think she's guilty. Let us know on our Instagram if you think she's guilty or not and why. You know, I would love to know if you don't think she's guilty, and I would love to know your reasons for it. So I hope you guys have a great week. You'll hear from us next week. And thank you for listening. This is Criminal Cafe, and we love you guys. Bye.